Hello, guys. Welcome back to Andrea's podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Coach Paul Rivella, with us today. And uh, he is a fitness coach. And also, not only that, he's a father, a business owner, and he has, has changed this entire competitor industry with his coaching approach and also flexible dieting. So welcome to our show. Paul, how are Thanks, you? Andrea. Oh, I'm so good. Thanks for having me on and thank you for the warm introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm still I'm still learning how to become a, a better podcaster. Let's be honest. <laughs> hey, that's all right. We're all still learning. So, <laughs> so Coach Paul, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners who doesn't know you yet? Um, yeah, so I guess the most important, the reason they're listening to your podcast is probably the reason that they'll be interested in me. I am a coach. Um, I've been lifting weights since, gosh, 1994, 1993, I probably started lifting weights. Um, I grew up as an athlete, always playing sports. Um, And when my athletic career in college ended, I basically got into lifting weights um, a little bit more seriously. Um, being around some bodybuilders, I really got into the mode of I wanted to put on as much muscle as possible. So I figured that I had a, a very big curiosity for that as far as I started reading, buying books, buying magazines, just always looking for more answers, mm -hmm. um, which eventually led me to bodybuilding.com where I hired my first coach, who was Lane Norton, uh, to compete in a bodybuilding competition. So I became very interested in the, the kind of new age evidence-based approach to competing, flexible dieting. All these things, when I started doing them, were very rare. Um, you know, I basically found my coach via the internet at a time when most people were being coached by someone in their gym or someone that they, had, they knew competed. Mm -hmm. The sport was very cloak and dagger information was hard to find you just accepted things as facts that mm -hmm. you know maybe weren't best practices but just that's what everybody was doing um and of course you know with with lane being coached by dr joe you know you and i come from that same same background that same family so um i think i just took it from there as as i started competing uh turned pro started getting requests to be a coach mm -hmm. um reluctantly Took, took that and then realized I actually had a true, real joy for it. I, I loved the, the process of helping people that had aspirations of putting on muscle, getting leaner, competing, um, and started my own business, which I've been doing now for nine years. Wow. And Pro Physique is now, um, you know, among the things that I really, really take great pride in. Pro Physique, I mean, I have an amazing community of competitors, uh, amazing community of coaches that now work for the Pro Physique name. Mm -hmm. I love putting out content on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, I try to keep up a little bit with Instagram. And yeah, I mean, I'm just currently trying to evolve both as a coach, as a business owner, as a dad, all those things. Um, and, you know, that's basically me. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much for just kind of sharing everything with us. Um, it's so It's fascinating to know, I didn't know you haven't been in this business for nine years now. And uh, just, uh, 
just knowing that it's amazing to see how much you evolved from being a competitor and start to helping one client here and there and now you know pro physique became so so big and uh, i'm sure like to the 2020 will be even bigger so i, I just want to say thank you for putting all the content out there for us because that's the way i actually found you um was by watching the youtube videos and uh, just like i even learned more and more um the with the content you are putting out there so i just really really want to say thank you for that for taking the time yeah. and uh so, unfortunately as a coach you know we have a limited a limited reach for you know how many individuals we can coach mm -hmm. you know especially if you want to be a coach who is kind of hands-on and doesn't just give everybody the same plans mm -hmm. um so what i found was that the youtube and podcasts that i do that was a good way to just put out more information um and, and impact others in a positive way while keeping you know a tight grip on my client base so that didn't get out of hand so yeah absolutely yeah. That's awesome. So I have a quick question because you mentioned that you started working with uh, Lane and um, when you started working with him, what was your first impression? Because, you know, as like, a, like you mentioned in the, in the very beginning, his approach is completely different than the bro ap approach of bodybuilding diet. So, what was your first like uh, initial impression when you, you know, he, he told you like, okay, you can eat I pretty much whatever. <laughs> you know, honestly, I think it, it's not an easy approach um, for a first time competitor. And this is something that I've had to help others with is that, you know, the first program that I got from Lane, it said, mm -hmm. you know, eat 250 protein, 300 carbs, mm -hmm. 70 fat. Well, for somebody that was just eating, you know, trying to eat bro style meat, bro style meals, mm -hmm. it took me probably a week to figure out how to even get close to those numbers mm -hmm. um, through the use of like websites and Excel spreadsheets and stuff, trying to, you know, having to look up all the values of foods. We didn't, we don't have the, you know, now there's apps and all these things that really make the process easier. So it was, it was quite difficult. Um, but I just kept telling myself, well, if this is what, if this is what Lane's clients are doing that are so successful, I've got to figure mm -hmm. it out. And if they can figure it out, I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, so it took a little bit of time. Um, so I, I guess at first it was a little bit intimidating, yeah. but then once you make that switch, once you tracked all your foods, once you figured out what's in and how to do it, yeah. man, it just opens like a whole new approach. Um, mm -hmm. You know, especially for someone that's that doesn't want to eat the same eight foods for six months at a time. You know, mm -hmm. it really just opens up the idea that okay, being lean and competing isn't about this super, uh, you know, impossible approach that mm -hmm. that nobody can sustain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's difficult, but that that's the first thing that shocked me was like, wow, I never really understood the values of foods, you know, you just heard mm -hmm. things were high protein, high carb. So that, that was probably it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a similar like experience as well. Um, all I, you know, I was given was just numbers and then I had to really learn and figure it out myself, myself, how to create my own meal plan. But I think it gave me a lot of knowledge 
about food portions and nutrition in general. And uh, it, it's just a, it's another skill that you can carry for the rest of your life. Um, so with that said, and I, I really appreciate the fact that, that you said, actually, it's a little bit more complicated than for a beginner to learn how to become a flexible dieter than, than of course, following a meal plan. I think that is very important for that you mentioned because I think a lot of people just think that it's, it's much easier to just become a flexible dieter. Um, so with a, a beginner, how would you just kind of approach with them in this case? Well, the first thing I'll have a beginner do instead of just giving them a plan is I will have them do a recall or track their diet for a week. So I'll basically say, you know, download one of these few apps and just start plugging in what you're eating. Don't change what you're doing. And what this requires them to do is then, you know, most of the apps now have a function where they can just search. Mm -hmm. So they can type in eggs, banana, you know, Chick-fil-A. You can type in anything in these apps now. And basically somebody has recorded it in a manner that's, you know, pretty reliable. Yeah. Um, and so once you get someone to start tracking what they're eating, then we can start to change things and we can start to say, okay, well, this is what you're eating and this is where you, you ended up. I want you to increase your protein, decrease your fat. So, you know, then we can actually get a look at the things they're eating and go, mm -hmm. these would be better options. So that's the first step for mm -hmm. anybody to go from a meal plan or complete lack of awareness to mm -hmm. being a flexible dieter or a macro tracker is that you just have to, you have to be accountable to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. And that also gives me a good snapshot into what their actual calories are mm -hmm. because the calorie calculators are terrible. The, 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 they provide no real value for mm -hmm. estimating what a client's, you know, starting numbers should be at. It's much better to get an actual diet recall. And then you know that you're basing your initial kind of programming on some actual, you know, numbers that they're, that they're hitting. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I know, I think you made some videos about uh, diet recalls and then uh, I actually will put them on the show notes so our listeners can go and just watch your some of your uh, videos so they have a little bit more clar clarification about that. Um, yeah, actually on my website, I have a free ebook as well. Um, oh, cool. It's just like a beginner's, guide, a beginner's guide to flexible dieting. If you go to prophysique.com. Awesome. I will put that on the show notes. And one of them is a free flexible dieting book. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. That's a gift, guys. Um, and uh, so actually, I really want to talk about like a reverse dieting. And uh, sure. especially, well, I myself right now, I'm going through reverse dieting and the transition from on season to off season. So what are your thoughts about slow reversing or just go all in? Well, I mean, it, it all comes down to the individual. I think mm -hmm. both have their applications. Um, you know, you're going to do a slower reverse diet if you have another competition coming up. You'd probably be a little bit more aggressive if you're having some symptoms from prep and you have a longer time off. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I'm... It's, it's, specific, it's specific to the individual. So I, I think both have their applications. Yeah, that's great. Um, so when 
I would just want to hear from your opinion because when I'm working with a client normally like you know if you were dieting for six months for an, for an example prepping for a show normally I always tell them like usually takes like another six months for your body to kind of to pretty much recover sometimes even take longer depends on their healthy history but in general speaking I always like to say that it's about the same amount of time you were on diet. That's how long it's gonna take for your body to actually recover or start even recovering depending on the person. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's actually the advice I give. Maybe you heard that from me, but my, uh, my, my advice for competitors is expect to spend at least as much time um, out of prep as you were in prep. So, you know, mm -hmm. if you spent four or five, six months dieting down and then competing, doing multiple shows, I, I don't think that you're going to be back to baseline levels um, until five or six months post-show. I mean, a lot of that's been actually shown in some of the case studies that we've seen of natural bodybuilders competing. Mm -hmm. um, the, the one that I referenced the most is the Chris Foz study, um, where they basically tracked him for an entire year, including the six months of prep leading up to his show. Mm -hmm. And then the six months following and they track things like his hormones, his mood, his strength, um, body composition all the way through. And, you know, it basically showed that, yeah, it takes about as long to come out of prep and be back to normal as it did to get down to stage weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, even myself right now, I experienced the same thing. Um, even though my calories are way higher than contest prep, but I still not a feeling my 100%. Still feel that my body still like needed much, much, much more time um, to just kind of uh, readjust. Um, and as far as on the, now speaking a little bit more on the psychological side, because we are females. Most of my listeners are females. Sorry, coach. Okay. <laughs> and our hormones are all over the place. <laughs> so um, how you normally approach, um, you know, like talking with your clients about the, the post-show and uh, what they should expect or um, as far as like, especially beginners, your first-time clients. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us expect to be hungry and prep. So, you know, that's the one thing we all expect. We go, anybody knows that, that losing weight requires yeah. you being hungry. That's just a part yeah. of the process. What we probably don't expect um, are the changes in things like the energy throughout the day, you know, mm -hmm. having lower energy some days and having higher energy other days. Um, moodiness, you know, whatever, whatever type of person you are not in prep, it's going to be amplified in prep. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, and that was actually studied in these case studies. They actually talked about, um, you know, changes in mood. Mm. Um, but those things are a little bit unexpected. The other tough thing for some people to deal with psychologically is, you know, seeing for men, typically they don't mm -hmm. like seeing the number go down on the scale below what they thought they should weigh on stage mm -hmm. for women. They don't like seeing the scale go back up after the show. So, yeah. you know, a lot of women will, will have a day where the scale jumps up five or six pounds. Mm -hmm. They'll immediately panic and think, Oh no, I, I'm ruined. Um, you know, not accounting for all the stress, the fluid retention training, you know, um, edema, anything that can make the, the scale go up. But I think females particularly 
start to panic a little bit when the numbers change rapidly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're dealing with a lot of things coming out of a show. You've basically been starving yourself for periods of time. Mm-hmm. And so the body is anxious to put weight back on. So it takes measures to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, food cravings, low energy, you know, you get stressed out easier. These things, you know, you might sleep less. I think that's one of the things that, you know, probably surprised me the most the first time I did a show was mm-hmm. that I only needed like maybe five and a half hours of sleep versus my normal seven, seven and a half, you know, and I think, um, you know, pooping, <laughs> I think yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. get freaked out that they only poop every two or three days or something yeah. like this, you know, and that's just, that's just the efficiency of the human body. You're just, you're mm-hmm. just changing things on a, you know, from physiology to psychology to all these things they are just changing. Um, and so I think now there's a lot more information out there, but you know, people still don't really talk about all these things that much. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just feel like, wow, my body is really weird when it's actually just normal like everybody else is. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. Thank you for just bringing all that up because a lot, of, a lot of people have questions, especially with their bowel movements. They're like, you know, some of my clients, they, they also, you know, they freak out because they're not going every day. And just to understand how the body works and your body's preserving energy and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's a great point. And uh, th- about this leap, I thought that was very interesting. One of the things that I noticed when I'm on competition prep and my body fat's very low is that I have the tendency of sweat a lot at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, normally I'm- You sweat a lot when, at what point? When I'm, my, my body fat's very low. Okay. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't know why I'm supposed to be freezing, <laughs> but I sweat. I think it's, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It could just be a hormonal fluctuations. It could be, um, you know, maybe a response to eating like, you know, the thermic effect of food. So maybe. Mm-hmm. I- yeah, it could, it could be a normally. Cause yeah, usually people complain that they're cold all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the day I'm cold, but at night I start sweating and I don't know exactly why, but I think what I think in my mind, it, it is hormonal and it's kind of a, my body going through, I would say like a, um, quote unquote menopause, you know, symptoms, um, right. just because my hormones are so out of whack right during that time. So maybe that's the way my body reacts. Or could yeah, it be I would, also- I would actually, I would try to like pay attention to what's going on before and after that, and maybe, or before that, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe start to identify triggers that causes mm-hmm. that. I don't know. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Thank you. Well, if it's, it's happening with anybody else out there, guys, just start like coach Paul was mentioning, just start, you know, journaling about before and after you start to really join a tracking your entire uh, prep uh, because I believe that is very important because each prep is different than your last one. And so as when you're reversing, you know, like for us right now, um, my calories are super high, but I really, I'm not putting any weight back. I'm almost back to where we actually started from before I start trapping. 
and my body's not a yeah, budget. I mean, you just, you, your, your metabolism has certainly shifted, which probably tells me your metabolism was underperforming prior to uh, prep starting, right? So I don't think mm -hmm. that there's this huge variability in met metabolic rate or metabolism, but you know, you're probably the, the prep, the prep habits that you developed. So you're mm -hmm. eating better. You were more consistent with your training and cardio. I think you've just kept up with that to the point mm -hmm. where now we're actually, yeah, you're actually, your body's just, your metabolism speeding up as fast as we're adding food, which, you know, I think on our last update, I spoke to you about like, you know, I just want to make sure your energy is good. Your training is good because mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to people staying on the leaner side, mm -hmm. but it has to be within what's possible for your body because we mm -hmm. all have a, our natural set point that's a little bit different. Some people can walk around leaner and feel good. Some people mm -hmm. to stay lean, they have to feel like crap. So um, really the goal for a competitor that's not in prep should be to find a body composition where you can eat without being food focused. You can train mm -hmm. hard, recover, um, be a little bit flexible, but not be so far from stage weight that you're creating a whole lot of work to do mm -hmm. once prep starts. Thank you for bringing that, this up, uh, coach, because I think I, this is another, I would say it's not a misconception, but it's like a misunderstanding of uh, being off season and how much weight they should be adding or gaining back. So um, I think you did a, a video or was a podcast. I don't know. I think you spoke a, a little bit about this. Um, how much weight you, sh uh, well, a competitor should be gaining. Probably done both. I mean, you know, the, the redefine healthy radio stuff that I did with Lauren. Yeah, I've yeah. probably done both. I mean, it's, it's a pretty common topic for me to cover. Mm -hmm. So what are your like um, uh, advice for, for some competitors out there who are, if they're first timers or, you know, maybe they're experienced enough, but they keep it just you know, every single off season, they add 30, 40, sometimes even 50 pounds. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I'd like to keep it, you know, closer to 15% um, over stage weight, you know, um, but there's a lot of variability there. So I hate to throw out numbers, mm -hmm. but, you know, let's say for a, 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 a guy who competes on stage at 200 pounds, you know, I'd stay, you know, you want to stay around that 230 mark, you know, you don't want to have to get too far away from that. And then for a girl that competes at, let's say, 100 pounds on stage, mm -hmm. maybe around 115 to 120, you know, mm -hmm. um, as long as the person is feeling good, they're not food focused, they're able mm -hmm. to, you know, train and recover. That's really the most important factors. Um, and then you got to take into consideration the training age of a person. So mm -hmm. the less time that someone's been training, the more potential they have to put on muscle. So you don't want to restrict weight gain at a time when muscle gain could also be happening. So, mm -hmm. you know, for the, for the, for the newer, younger, um, kind of resistance trained population, you know, they can put on some muscle pretty rapidly. Whereas someone like myself, who's been lifting weights for over 25 years, mm -hmm. I compete every couple of years. I know that my stage weight's going to be within a pound or two of where it's always been, even if mm -hmm. I look significantly different because I'm not putting on, pounds and pounds of lean body mass, mm -hmm. right? So I don't let myself have these huge fluctuations anymore. Yeah, that's a great advice. Um, and then again, like you just mentioned, it's case by case. Some people, they need to add a little bit extra depending on the, their healthy history and all that good stuff. So um, for a, a natural physique competitor, 
how long do you normally suggest them to take, especially for females? Let's, uh, we, we're talking more with females here. So um, how long do you normally recommend them to take some time off from stage and competing and all that good stuff? All of that comes down to the goals of the competitor and where mm -hmm. they're at within that division. So mm -hmm. if someone already has all the muscle they need, they're on the cusp of turning pro or uh -huh. they're on the cusp of winning a pro title and they just want to get back at it, you know, we can take a short three to six month off season and come back and be ready. Okay. And just to their physique and they've been training for a while, we know we need to take at least a year. Um, mm -hmm. you know, because to make a significant change to the physique, when you're coming out of prep, you're still recovering mm -hmm. for a little bit before you get into the actual improvement process. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it, a lot of it comes down to like where they're at within their division. So if they're looking, you know, if they, if they did a show and they're right at the cusp, they might get mm -hmm. back to competing sooner rather than later. Or if they realize they need a significant more amount of muscle, I've seen people take two, three, four years off between shows and just come back better. I mean, that's really bodybuilding is done not when you're in prep in prep mm -hmm. you're just basically hanging on to what you've built yeah yeah off season is where the magic happens yeah. <laughs> it's just not as fun because you're not seeing the visual changes every week and you're not seeing new lines and um it's not you know for for those of us that are crazy to compete you know the, uh -huh. the, uh -huh. the, the fun is like getting up and seeing a drop on the scale or you know putting on a shirt and you see some new lines in your abs or, you know, mm -hmm. just something exciting like that. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I agree with you. But um, what I like to do off season is to actually focusing in other areas of my life. And also even like with my training, I focus in on hitting new PRs, maybe changing the program a little bit, experiment with other modalities, you know, powerlifting, maybe uh, doing some weightlifting, maybe doing some more yoga and things like that. So just kind of a keep things more fun. And then I can see the progress in that way. So I, I shifted my, my mindset from like the physique or achieving that body, stage ready body, and uh, focusing more uh, like building the strength and mobility Absolutely. off season. So cool. Um, and uh, I just want to ask you your opinions on supplementation because I get a lot of those questions. So what are your uh, thoughts about supplements and uh, also which supplements do you normally uh, recommend your clients to, to keep on their daily, you know, uh, routine? Yeah. I mean, my thoughts on supplements are for the most part, it's going to be, beneficial to those of us that are already paying attention to the big picture items. Are you training properly? Are you mm -hmm. eating properly? Are mm -hmm. you getting enough sleep? Mm -hmm. These are by far away the best ways to actually improve. Mm -hmm. What supplements do is they make that process easier. They make recovery better. They make our performance better. So a, something like a pre-workout, the real value there is that you're going to have over the life of a prep where your energy is lower, you're going to mm -hmm. get some better workouts in because, you know, caffeine and some of the, the new products that are, that are really meant to be kind of more supplements for our like brain, like alert, um, kind of fatigue resistance products. Those things can really help us get better workouts. Well, if you have a better workout over time, you're going to build or keep more muscle. Mm -hmm. um, 
or a supplement that might help somebody who doesn't eat a lot of red meat might be creatine. Creatine monohydrate has a ton of research behind it. Mm -hmm. um, something that pretty much, you know, has probably the most kind of backing um, from people. But research. some people that I've noticed aren't taking creatine that are either vegetarian or vegan. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting it in your diet, then that's something that can, can really help. Um, mm -hmm. You know, something especially for women that I've seen so much benefit from is something like Core Hard which yeah. is a like hormone stabilizer, hormone optimizer for, you know, for women that tend to be type A, like higher anxiety. Um, I find that even my wife takes it. it. It just helps her like relax. Mm -hmm. um, it helps the body's response to cortisol um, with, you know, ashwagandha and DIM. That's something that I've really, really made a staple of any of my girls that compete is making mm -hmm. sure that they're taking core hard. Um, and some of the newer products that are, that are showing promise Corbolic, which is a Brasino steroid. It's basically a plant sterile. There's some evidence that that can help with muscle protein synthesis. So I've been taking that and I've, mm -hmm. I've liked the results, something like core load, which mm -hmm. is called a glucose disposal agent, but I think of it more as a glucose shuttling agent. Uh -huh. Um, the, the, the body composition studies and the feedback that I've gotten from people has been wonderful. So, you know, those are probably some of the more common and some mm -hmm. of the emerging supplements that I have people take. And then of course, if you take a protein supplement, if, if you're not, you know, if you're not able to get enough protein easily, I mm -hmm. think protein is probably the most difficult thing to get because you got to cook it, prepare it and store it. Well, everybody mm -hmm. knows a scoop of protein powder can go a long way. And um, core is even coming out with the vegan protein powder now. So that's exciting because mm -hmm. I'm not a lactose and me don't get along. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, those are kind of the staples, um, you know, branch chain amino acids are something I've, I've been using for, for a decade. And uh, I felt when I first started taking them, there was a lot of benefit, especially when I was in prep and calories were low. So that's something I still include. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be a lot of them. Yeah, most of them I take myself as well. Um, in core heart, I, I have to agree with you that it made a huge difference during my prep. And then I take yeah. off season as well. Yeah, I think supplements get kind of a bad rap because people mm -hmm. say, well, supplements don't work. Supplements job is not to work. A supplement's mm -hmm. job is to allow you to work and recover better. And so mm -hmm. those are, I think those are the products now that are actually, that I find the most beneficial. When Core Heart first came out, I just started noticing my girls um, in particular were mm -hmm. able to recover better, sleep deeper. Um, they reported to me that they were dropping weight without any other changes. Um, and their overall just level of calmness and anxiety was, was improved. So, you know, and, and as a coach years ago, it was really just about sending somebody a, a nutrition plan and, and updating them each week. But now I really try to look at the overall picture of, of an athlete during a given week. What is their sleep like? What is their stress like? Um, you know, if someone's not progressing, sometimes the answer is not just to drop calories and add cardio. Sometimes it can be to tell that person to take a day off or a weekend off from the gym and get nine hours of sleep and get caught up on like chores. Sometimes that stress is what's preventing them from making progress. And so um, core heart has been something that I just feel has helped in that vein. It's helped mm -hmm. people improve their recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I agree with you. That's something that it is under seeing too, is like the stress how much stress can impact your, your progress. And I'm glad that um, you are able to kind of uh, talk with us about this. I mean, I, I really, I just, 
I just want to say that you are such an amazing coach because you always listen to us. You always, you know, answer our questions and always looking up for our health. Of course, you want us to succeed in our endeavors as a competitor, but also prioritizing our holistic health in general. I really appreciated that. And in, in shows every single the, time. The difficult part for me as a, yeah, the difficult part for me as a coach early on was actually pushing people kind of the way they needed to be pushed. You know, I'm a competitor mm -hmm. myself and I was willing to do things that I wasn't even actually asking my clients to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's taken me a while to find that balance between how hard to push people mm -hmm. um, and not, not creating expectations for them that, that they can't keep up with. And then even, even to the point where sometimes people are willing to do more than I'm having them do. And so, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that this is when it's great to have a conversation and say, Hey, like, this is what I think it's going to take to get to that next level. Are you mm -hmm. willing to do it? And mm -hmm. most of the time they are. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, it really comes down to like paying attention and learning along the way. Um, and, you know, building a good rapport with your clients where they're able to speak to you and be open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. So we are about to wrap up our awesome conversation. But before we finish, I always like to finish um, my podcast with some fire questions. So are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so what are you grateful for in your life right now? Oh man, so much, but definitely, you know, my boys would probably come first. You know, mm. I got a, two amazing little boys, Sloan is five, Jace is 18 months. And um, mm. just getting to, to see them grow up every day has been amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, what book or books that changed your life? If any. Well, yeah, the, the, the first book that without a doubt kind of opened my eyes to this whole thing would be the Arnold Schwarzenegger Modern Bodybuilding Encyclopedia, which I think I got my first copy in 1991. Um, and me and my best friend literally wore that book down until the pages were falling out um, over the course of the next couple of years, just trying to, mm -hmm. you know, copy the workouts and copy the movements. But that was an introduction to nutrition and training and mindset. Um, and, you know, even the idea of competing because that's kind of what that book is based around is, is bodybuilding mm -hmm. competition, but it has the basics for just the foundation of, you know, being fit. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to put it on the show notes so people can remember. Um, and uh, what are your goals or plans for 2020? That could be life, uh, personal life, business related, anything. Yeah, I think, you know, my biggest goals for this year are just to continue to move forward as a coach, as, um, you know, someone that is providing a lot of value and a lot of content um, to to anyone that needs it, um, to continue being, a, you know, the best father I can be, the best husband I can be, and those kind of things. But, you know, just I love progress. It doesn't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be flashy. But I just love taking that next step forward. So you know, with my business pro physique, with my, you know, my personal life, my clients, just taking that next step forward in 2020, which it's already 
it's already happened. You know, thing, mm-hmm. there's things happening in 2020 that I've never done before. I've never mm-hmm. had client qualify for the Olympia, these kind of things. So there oh, are already yeah. steps. Um, you know, this 2019 was the first year I had a competitor, you know, win an overall world title. So there's just a lot of good things happening, you know, and 2020 mm-hmm. is just going to be a, a, an extension of that to a, to an even further degree. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. I want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. Well, you're oh my a part gosh. of it. You're a big, you're a big part of it too. So, you know, oh my God. Um, seriously. I'm so, so excited for you into the 2020. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Um, and, uh, where can we find you? Well, I mean, the easiest place to find me is, um, just type Paul Ravella in the Google machine, but you know, I'm on <laughs> Instagram as Paul Ravella. I'm on YouTube as Paul Ravella. Prophysique.com is my website where I have an amazing team of coaches that um, I'm just trying to keep up with them at this point because they're they're motivated, they're educated, they've got mm-hmm. a lot of experience, and so there's all that. I have a I have an increasing digital team that's going to help me get out more content this year on that website. We have a we have a free calorie calculator on there. We have free eBooks, so I'm oh, just trying cool. to put out as much information as I can to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then, you know, Lauren Conlon and I have a podcast called Redefine Healthy Radio, which mm-hmm. we've been doing 25 days of Podmas. So we've done a podcast every day from December 1st to December 25th. Yeah, I have been listening. It's there. Yeah. There are some of them is they're hilarious. It's like, I love yeah. just listening to both of you talking. Yeah, Seriously. Yeah. It's I, think, just... I think that's what we have more fun doing is making people laugh. <laughs> Um, and has anything that uh, you want to say that I have not asked you? No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, you know, your listeners very well. I just think as long as, you know, they're listening to your podcast, they're probably in good hands. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for, for, you know, sharing your knowledge with us. That means a lot to me and for my listeners as well. And, um, Yeah, thank you so much. Anytime. You just let me know. Awesome. Alrighty, guys. Thanks so much for listening to us today. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. And uh, let us know what you got from this podcast. And don't forget to tag Coach Paul Rivella and I on your Insta story so we can give you a huge shootout. Alrighty, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye.